Hey guys, uh, thank you for chiming in. Um, welcome to Data Whisper podcast episode two, sponsored by Echo. Echo is a data platform that can help you connect, transform, and analyzing big data. And this is Tab. I'm the host today, and this is Vincent. He's the co-host today. Hi, Vincent. How's your day? Hi. Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you, everybody? Cool. 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 Okay. And uh, the Data Whisper podcast will cover topics in hiring, career development. Industry insights, mostly in the data industry, and today I'm very excited to have Tianzhu Huang joining us as our guest, and we'll have roughly forty to forty-five minutes to exchange ideas with Tianzhu, and fifteen to twenty minutes for you guys to connect with him and asking any questions. So a little bit more about Tianshu. Tianshu received a Bachelor of Applied Science, Master of Engineering in Operations Research from the University of Toronto, and a Master of Engineering from MIT. Previously, he worked at uh, Unilever as a continuous improvement engineer. Then he joined Western Foods as a logistic and supply planning specialist. He joined BCG in 2017 and is now an analysis manager and operation research lead at BCG Gamma. So, hi, Tianshu.、Uh, how's your day going? So glad we can have you here. Hello, Tab. Hello, Tab. It's a pleasure. Uh, my my day has been okay. It's been a long day, and、uh, I have been in. <laughs> And to uh, I mean, and to and meetings throughout the day so far. So it's been, it's been an okay day. And uh, thanks for your introduction there. Um, it's a pretty nice, it's a it's a pretty nice summary of what what I what, I have been working on. Cool, cool, cool. That's my pleasure. So,、uh, could you also briefly introduce yourself to all of us and maybe a little bit more about your career? Uh, sure. Sounds good. Uh, so I think you just did a pretty good introduction in terms of my job. <laughs> uh, so I won't repeat that. So what I can say is, uh, I I'm living in Bo I'm living in Boston at the moment, and、uh, I'm with my wife and with my three month old son. So, um,、oh, it, it's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been really busy with the with my son over the night and. With my job o- over the day so far. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so the all the day long,、uh, both the work and your son keep you busy. That's great. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'm just curious, like, uh, what brought you to the data industry at the very beginning? Sure. So, I think what I think when I was in middle school, I was really interested in math. So I went to pursue a bachelor's. Degree in engineering mathematics, which combines mathematical programming with computer science. That's what I was working on, and after that, in two thousand twelve, because data was not really a big thing there. There, there, frankly speaking, there was no like big machine learning applications for most of the、okay. for most of the industry. So I chose to work in the.、Uh, Traditional industry at that time, you you know TNG, Unilever, those type of firms are the top brands that attract people. So I so I so so I just went to one of them, and uh applied my mathematical programming skills to help them op op optimize their production, and that was what I was working on. And、uh, after that, I had been fairly excited to see that. Data has becoming more and more important over the years, right? 
and that was um, the time when I d decided to join BCG Gamma, which uh, I think I was one of the early members of the team. Um, at, so so when I joined the team there, the team size was, re was really small, was, le was less than 100 people. Now we are a 1,000 people plus division over a three-year growth, right? So that's a pretty impressive thing. Uh, and I'm lucky to be part of that. Okay, cool, cool. That sounds amazing. And I also noticed that you work as a continuous improvement engineer at Unilever. Hope I pronounced it correctly. And then you became a project lead at Western Foot before studying at MIT. So how did you make the transition from an engineer to a project lead in the analytic world? Can you tell me more about that? Yes. Okay, sure. Uh, so for that, I think the main thing was that I was applying like mathematical models to help the production lines, to help the manufacturing lines to optimize their production scheduling, optimize their warehouse and labor scheduling problems. And because the impact, because the impact of my work was really big, and so I was able to, you know, um, make my tr transition to be pro to be moved to a move to a higher level role right so and after that i went to study at mit because i feel like it, it's the time that i i need to make a industry industry switch because i so it was in 2015 that that i felt that there are more and more data applications outside of the supply chain field. So I just went to MIT to see what's out, what's out there and what, 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 what type of thing I can do outside of the, outside of the traditional industry field. Cool, cool, cool. That sounds very interesting. And then you became the uh, data science consultant at BCG. So um, how did all this happen? Like, how did you like switch your career path into one of the top tier consultants in the world? Yeah, so uh, that's an interesting question because um, at that time, uh, I was really struggling between multiple jobs and uh, the reason why I went to BCG is because that at that time, our team was really small. And I felt that there are a lot of potentials if I joined the team at the, at the, early, at the early stage, right? And, um, and also the other, re the other reason why I chose to work at BCG is because that um, you, get, you get to expose to a lot of different applications ranging from tech okay. to marketing to maybe traditional industries, right? While if you choose to work in a corporation, then it's likely that your job will be focused on just one thing. So that was the, ma that was the major factor that I chose to work at BCG. Cool, cool. So it's very different from any company you have worked before, right? The diversity of the industry and the, and yeah. the project. Yeah. Amazing. And I noticed that, sorry, I pick into your linking and stalk you a little bit. Uh, you were then promoted to a senior data science consultant at BCG and then to a, a manager, 
rather soon. So just out of curiosity, what are the differences in terms of responsibilities between a senior analyst and a manager role? Oh, it's a really big difference there. So, so when you are not a manager, like when you are like a data scientist or a senior data scientist, I think the majority of your day will be working on the hands-on, working on the hands-on technical things, and without too much worrying about what will happen, uh, on the overall project scope, who's responsible for for the timeline, those 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 type of things because pretty much you're given individual tasks that you can work on right so but after you become a manager you sort of uh, be responsible for managing your own team as well as staffing like like assigning tasks to different people giving feedbacks one-on-ones as well as uh, uh, scoping different type of projects on like what will be the timeline how many people would be needed from my team to work to work on such a pro to work on such a project, right? So it's I would I wouldn't say it's technical versus non technical, but it's okay. more it's more about technical job, and execution versus uh, people management plus project management. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then when you take on the manager role, you focus more on people management and project management, right? Can you exactly more on the details or? Uh, yeah, sure. So in terms of the project ma ma management, right? So let's say for example, if you are working with a client and the client has a has a problem that they want you to help with, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Right? So. Let's say if that is the case, you are not giving a lot of information. So your job there is to de define what is your op what what is your objective, right? What will be the problem that you are trying to solve? What will be the approach? What type what type of tool that you are planning to use? What are the trade offs, right? Why are why are you using this type of approach, and then, uh, and how many people and how much time that you are planning to work on this with your team, right? So after you're aligned with the senior management team or with, with your client, then you can go back to your own team saying that, hey, here is the tasks that we would need to do. And like, we just need to get some internal team alignment in terms of who's working on what, right? And then that's sort of the difference there because when I was not a manager, my main job was, you know, right? you know, writing Python code to build some Writing Python code. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As well as making sure that we're delivering some work that makes sense. That's something uh, good, right? So that's the difference there. Cool, 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 amazing. And let's uh, switch some gears here and let's talk about some uh, career growth topics. So, you know, BCG is a uh, very big company and you need to deal with so many different clients and departments i believe so how how does an analyst or a manager deal with corporate relationship for example how do you manage up how how do you deal with the relationship with your bosses so what are you referring to in terms of the corporate relationship there are you referring to our clients or internal people 
Internal people, your boss. Internal people, okay, okay. So I think working at a management consulting firm, you don't need to worry about that too much. One reason is because like we respect each other. Like there is no like mutually exclusive interests that we that we need to compete for. Let's say if you if you are good or if your manager is good, then all of you will be promoted, right? So, uh, so there, so essentially, there is no conflict of interest there, and so um, I mean, in terms of managing up, um, I would say it's as long as you are good, you are able to execute things well. Like you are able to understand what your manager tries to do, then you are good, right? Then you're okay. Cool, cool. That's very encouraging. How about managing peers or managing down like your teammates? Um, is there any differences, or is literally the same? I would say, in terms of talking and working with your peers, I would say my experience will be that you try to be as transparent and give out as much information as you can. And so, 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 so that we can understand each other, right? So, I、uh, I think that's the most important thing, and maybe potentially help 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 each other out. So transparency actually matters, and you shouldn't build build blocks between teams or departments, right? Yeah. How about managing down, like managing your teammates, and helping those junior or mid level analysts to grow? Is there any knack towards this? Uh, there are some specific ways that we do things here, but、uh, so I don't want to really get into the details there. But what I can say is, uh, is that we do each team will have its own KPIs, right? So for for different people, so for consulting companies in general, I would say utilization rates as well as your feedbacks. Uh, from 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 your project leaders will be something really important, and just be open with them. Like just be open with your, with the people that you are managing. Give them, give them constructive comments as well as encouraging them to learn from those comments. I think that's something important. So not just criticism, but also constructive criticism, so they can. Really get the values and get feedback from it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And 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 also one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also one thing here, I I would say that, so far at BCG, I think all of the people that I'm managing at the moment are really smart, and they're sometimes I I I feel they're much smarter than me. They're much more not. They're they're much more knowledgeable. So I so I have a lot of respect for them. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. And another follow-up questions like, how do you manage people who who are smarter or who seem to be smarter than you? Is that a very challenging <laughs> job to do? Or I think not really, not really. If I'm、okay. ma- if I'm managing someone who's much smarter than than me, I'm really happy about that, right?、Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, because I'm always willing to learn from those people who are、yeah. smarter, and I'm willing to help them to push for whatever they want to have, right? Be be because to, because to be frank here, and um, I think 
having someone smarter than than you will be a really good thing for you and um and building a good relationship with the people who are smarter it's will benefit you in the longer term in the long run cool cool amazing yeah and i think there comes one very important and also very unique question which is how do you manage with your clients from so many different industries like traditional or tech or healthcare so I think <laughs> when it comes to analysts or analytic managers, most of the time they are like supporting or catering their internal needs, right? Different departments or different, I don't know, different teams. But in your case, it's really different. Like your clients, they are from everywhere and so many different industries. So yeah, is it challenging or how do you manage to do that? There are some information that I I don't think um a lot to talk about, but so overall like we do have a pretty standard structure in terms of managing our clients. Like we just want to be transparent with them and help them. Let's say if they if they have a problem um that they are that they are trying to solve, like we we just want to give them the the most most open and frank approach. Let's say if we are not the best company to work on that, then we will tell them that we're not in the position to help you out. Maybe you can try our competitor ABC, right? So you will actually refer your client to other I don't know, competitor. Exactly. So we will just give them whatever solution that will benefit them the most, right? So that's one thing. And the other thing is we are not really afraid to turn down their big ideas. So there was one time that uh, there, there was a big client and they are trying to achieve, let's say, target A. And after we did our internal discussion, we feel that target A is not something that they can achieve that, right? And okay. then we just go back and tell, and then we just go back and tell them that hey, um, based on our, our our internal research, right, it's not something that you should pursue. And then we're at the risk of losing our our contract with them, but we're 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 okay with that. So like we so I think we sort of building our reputation on top of that. So people trust us. I think trust is the most important thing there. Cool, cool, amazing, amazing. Cool, cool, amazing, amazing. And another question is like, in every of your experience, like what's the most difficult part of data analysis and how do you compare it? That's a pretty general question. And I would say that overall, uh, yeah. I think getting the right data in the right place is something thing really important. I mean, uh, there are, I think most of the companies nowadays, they don't really follow the best, best data practices yet. I mean, they don't have really s- s- standardized things throughout their process, which makes it a little bit hard. And, uh, sometimes we would spend most of our time on data engineering, right? So uh, I would say that's something 
most time consuming in ter in terms of the process. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see. Amazing. And yeah, let's talk about maybe the most important topic here, which is hiring. So um, <laughs> I know you are a you are a manager now, and you were a junior analyst before. So like, what does a successful data science candidate look like to you? Like, which aspect would you focus on? Like the hard skills or soft skills or, yeah. Sure. So first of all, even though I'm a, I'm also an interviewer, but my points are of my own. I mean, my views are of my own. They do not represent my company. So I think there is no standard approach to evaluating okay. the candidates because we do value diversity. We we do see the good things of everyone, right? So, uh, but um, in terms of what a successful data science candidate will look like, I think he or she should at least show some passion, right? He he he, he, he or she should have e enough education, or should show that they they have been working on something that is data related. I think that's the most important. I mean, that's the most fundamental thing that is needed there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, how about data science? Because I know data science is actually very important to become a data scientist or data scientist. <laughs> uh, is this also very important in your mind or like you so uh, actually learn from it? Or learn, so, learn so I think Data science is a pretty broad term, right? And if you think of that, mo mo most of the new grads, they don't really have relevant working experience in that field. Um, and it's hard to justify if you are good at it or not. But one thing we do evaluate is if you are smart, right? If you are able to understand the, <laughs> the complexity of the problem, because here we are trying to look for the really top data science people. And when referring to that, I mean, uh, people who are able to solve the most challenging problems, right? So, um, and let's say if there is a candidate A who's, who has a lot of uh, working experiences, right? But he does not show, uh, show a, lot of, a, a, a lot of expertise in terms of uh, solving the tough problems, but there is candidate B Who's really smart? Who has um who 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 has demonstrated that he is able to solve tough problems, but he has limited working experiences. From my own personal preference, I would prefer someone like B over A. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 That's actually amazing. And and yeah, let's talk about like some interview next. So um, I know you have interviewed so many candidates and most of them must be very good. So are there some reflexes that you actually uh, definitely don't want to see when it comes to interview? And if there are, could you give us some examples? There are some, uh, I cannot give you the specific examples, but what I can say is that people who are frank transparent in, in terms of what they are able to do versus what they are not able to do is something really important. Okay. Because here, I think, uh, frankly speaking, like there are not as many people who write down their 
skills like they are proficient in Python, in SQL, in C, in C++, in MATLAB, in a lot of things, right? But um, in reality, I don't think though there are that many people who are proficient in all of those languages at the same time. So, okay. so, yeah. so just be frank, just uh, just while it's okay sometimes to list out those things on your resume, but just whenever I'm asking you questions, just be frank on you know, uh, what's your what's your proficiency, right? Right, and I would say that people who are honest people who demonstrate um, the things that they claim uh, to be true uh, are someone that I think I'm looking for, right? So, yeah. Like, can you talk a little bit about what, what are the, some of the best recommendations you can have for like people who aspire to become data scientists? You, I think you, yeah, you were uh, saying that uh, you know, care about integrity a lot, right? Like people cannot, they cannot lie about the resume. You know, as an employer myself, uh, yeah, I, I experience this a lot, you know, like people that actually, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know, I know. on the resume. And like you said, it's just inhumanly uh, human possible to know all those languages and at the same proficiency, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember one time one candidate asked, I asked him, what is your, you know, most professional language? And he noticed that, um, with some, uh, uh, what is it like, Python, Java, and JavaScript. And I was like, you know, they, like, they don't, like these reasons, they, they really, uh, the use cases are very different, right? Sometimes you, you, so what are the best recommendations you have for um, for young aspiring data scientists? Right, so that's a really good question there. So again, there is no standard answer to that um, because uh, I'm not trying to cover some of the information, but because there are so many different paths regarding a data science job, right? So I think there are three main types of jobs, in my opinion. The first type of job is you become a data science professional in a, te in, in a, techno in a technology company. And, and the second path is you, you do some sort of product analytics which is mainly about a b testing and doing some of the experimentations and the third type of thing will be uh like doing data science for the non-tech firms right so those three have very very different paths and require you to prepare things in very different ways so first advice will be uh, you should try to figure out what's your interest interest field right right whether it's in product analytics or is it in something deep new deep machine learning deep machine learning algorithms or if you are interested in something working for a non-tech company right right and each of them will require a lot of time to prepare Let's say if you are working, if you are planning to become a data, become a data science professional, in product analytics. So essentially, what you need to prepare for is your A/B testing, experimentation, as well as the product cases that, uh, that there are there are many resources available, right? So, and if you want to become a traditional data science professional in a tech company, then probably you should try to do a lot of deep machine learning algorithms, 
maybe trying maybe trying to win some of the Kaggle competitions to show yeah. that you're really smart. Uh, and, and again, and if your if your target is a non tech company, again, it's really depend on which type of industry that you are targeting for, and there can be different preparations. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, it seems like it really depends on different industry. Um, yeah. I guess this is how like what's so unique about BCG, right? Um, because <laughs> typically, when when people are interviewing for data science position, they are, you know, they already know which industry they're in, right? So exactly. Like you said, if you're, I guess, like interviewing for a DS position at Unilever or Costco, right? In your retail, then you already know that you will be dealing with supply chain data with the exactly. consumer data. Yeah. But if you if you interview for like BCG, it seems like you have to have like industry preference, right? Or you, you almost have to have like a, I guess some some kind of strong suits or advantage, yeah. Um, so that you can be assigned to the right team. Uh, I, I don't know if I, you know, yeah. just like presumptuous here or it, it actually makes sense yeah. that way. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So I guess I have another question. Um. I think you were mentioning that you you would actually select candidate B, right? Who has um, who's smarter um, yep. than the candidate A, and but who doesn't have a lot of industry experience. So would you think this like this? So so, so I, I guess that that completely makes sense. Um, um, in terms of um, that you would actually pick the smart people on the market yeah. and put them to the right team, so they don't actually need to come with a lot of the industry experience. So am I getting it correctly here? Yes. So I think it's more. Because that's like at BCG here, we're trying to offer the best type of solutions or best type of approaches to our clients, right? So we do need yeah. to have some sort of competitive advantages, which means that oftentimes we need to be able to solve problems that other competitors are not able to solve, right? Uh, so yeah. that requires you to be really different from your competitors. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess this is very similar to, for example, like interviewing for Amazon or Google, right? I mean, since they already have like a huge, um, I, I guess, talent pool to draw from. So uh, they will actually just like uh, prioritize, uh, prioritize, uh, I guess, coding or algorithm related interviews. So people, I mean, they, they will actually like almost, like, they, do, they do like standardized IQ test, right? I don't know, um, like, BCG just, is it like the same way? You just kind of want to standardize the, the interview process to make sure that you get the you know most intelligent talents uh, possible on the market. Yeah, that's a really good que- That's a really good question there. I don't. I'm not representing my company here, but I do see that sometimes interviewers do ask their sort of unique, unique, unique questions, right? And sometimes that may or may not include. The ones that you mentioned, um, yeah, yeah. So there is so again there is no standard approach. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Well, because uh, you know I I build uh you know we're building startups, so I think I, I, it's completely different how you I just value talents here, right? How <laughs> you know, we recruit people from the markets. You know we would actually uh you know value character and some of the more I guess hidden values. Think here, but we just think here, but we just need someone who's who's really smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you did also mention like passion a little bit. Um, 
Yeah. What's it, so how do you, like, how do you sense or how do you, like, evaluate passion from someone? It's just, like, in Sudaism, it's just, like, like, the inner response rates or... Not really. How do you evaluate <laughs> yeah, like, so I, I think you can sort of see it from their career path, from the, yeah. their education, right, from, uh, I mean, if there are someone who's, who's outside of the data science field, but he, he or she really wants to get, he or she really wants to get into the industry, there will be yeah. hints from their resume that they're really trying, right, so that's something that we're trying to see. I cannot say that part. Oh yeah, okay, right. <laughs> Sorry, I just went a little bit. No off. problem, no problem. Yeah, um, I have a question. So, um, I guess, I guess just like your day to day, what, 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 I think you worked at many different companies in the past. What makes uh, BCG so unique? Why would you, um, why would you want to work as a consultant? I'm so curious about the life of a consultant. Like, how does it differ from working, for example, at like a bear company like Amazon, Facebook? Sure. So, like, I think the main difference there is uh, while we're all working in the uh, we're all working in the data science field, but um, at BCG as a consultant, you get exposure to a uh, to a lot of different industries, right? Like I mentioned, from retail to manufacturing to consumer goods or even to technology. While if you are working in a traditional tech company, then you most likely you will just be focusing on one part, right? So I think you get greater exposure from working in a consulting firm. And that's one thing. And what makes our company so di different, I think as the people and the culture, I think everyone around me are, are, are really, really smart, <laughs> who I can learn from whenever I talk with them. And the sec uh, and the second thing is the culture. I think the co I think the culture here is really good. There is literally minimal office politics, and everyone's trying to help each other out. And I mean, we 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 will win as a team if everyone's good. Then the whole team is good. And again, if the team is good, then you are you will be recognized. So that's a really something unique that I don't see a lot from many, uh, from many other companies, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, and thanks for Vincent for taking over. And sorry that my internet uh, connection was not so great. And yeah, yeah, um, lots of the uh, answers about hiring are awesome. And let's just switch the gear a little bit again and talk about your personal growth, maybe, Tianshu. So, how, since you are a manager and since your career has been so successful along the way, how do you continue to learn in your daily life? Aside from like taking care of your stream also sound and yeah. So frankly speaking right now, I don't have a lot of time to pick up something else. But uh, while at work, I do try to stay up to speed with the latest technology trends whenever possible, right? So while, uh, while I'm a people manager now and most likely I'm, wor I'm working on non-technical things now, but I still try to practice my programming practice uh, to read a lot of 
scientific papers um, to to be able to uh, to be up to speed with my peers with my team so that we can have the same type of language and the other thing is that I'm always able to learn from my team from from the people that I work with so which is something really uh, helpful if you are working a top tier firm like BCG that you are working with so many smart people that you can learn from them Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, amazing. And by the way, like you talk about like the latest technology or programming, like is there any like aspiring technology or language that you would recommend us to uh, sort of learn or pick up? Like SQL, I don't know, Python or other stuff. Okay, I don't think I'm in the I'm in the position to say those type of things because like it's really dependent on which type of role, which type of job that you are trying to apply to, right? Let's say if you, right, and there is no standardized answer for that. Each company will be so different. What I would recommend is first, you should know which company is your target company, what, what, what type of functions you would like to be in, right? And then you can prepare accordingly. Cool, 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 amazing. And yeah, um, that's all for the 40 minutes interview with Tianshu. And right now we are opening up the space um, for all the audience to connect with Tianshu and ask Tianshu any questions. So if you can raise your hand, I will, um, I will just nicely pick you up and you can open your microphone. So is there any questions for Tianshu? Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, I'm always curious about can you like this consultant the kind of job where you have to kind of uh, start developing in your like early on in your career or you can always like switch to uh, like company consultant later on in your career say you know, after 10 years working at, in tech and then 30 years old you want to become like a consultant you apply for a job at BCG yes that's a really interesting question there. Um, I think, yes, it's totally possible that you can apply to consulting after working in a company for 10, for 10 years. And we do value your, your industry working experiences as well. Right, so, um, but um, one thing I do want to say is consulting has its own framework in terms of working style, in terms of communication in terms of the tech tools that we need here, right? So um, so let's say if you want to switch to consulting in the mid of your career, maybe just prepare for those type of things and see what consulting is really about before making the switch there because the life as a consultant is really different from the life as a, a worker in a, in a corporation there. I mean, if you, if you do not love traveling, if you do not want to right. engage a lot with, with your clients, then probably consulting yeah. is not the right field for you. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Um, I guess I'm also, I'm also uh, curious about, you know, some of the more, I guess, traditional uh, businesses outside of consulting, they, 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 they give you like work-life balance, and, you know, they give you like sometimes even equity. Um, do you think, do you, like, how do you actually build equity um, in, the, in, the, in the career of a consultant? Uh, since you actually work in many different projects, um, I guess this is really like a question for how do you like develop, I guess, like upward uh, career mobility? 
Uh, what 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 are you referring to in terms of the equity? Um, like just like how do you, um for example get from like an entry level consultant to for example like a partner? <laughs> is that something that uh, uh you you think about or? Is that <laughs> <job something? laughs> uh, I don't want to answer that for myself here, but what I can say right. is uh, so. Let's say if you are working at BCG, right? You can enter the company as an associate, and then maybe in a couple of years you'll be you'll become a consultant. After that, maybe you take a leave to do an MBA or you work for something else, and then normally people come back, right? And then they continue as a consultant too, and then they become a project lead, and then um, after that, after you become a project lead, your role sort of shifts. From doing the hands-on work to a project manager, a people manager, right? And after that, you can become a principal and then eventually a partner. But the role of the principal and partner is more about sales, rather than rather than managing your team or ma- or managing the work. So it's quite a a lot of change. I would say there is no yes or. No answer to what's the best way. I think people have their own preferences, but what I would say is, if you are interested in sales, right? Like say if you, uh, let's say if you are interested in sales, and probably you you should target to become a partner, right? But if but I mean if you are if you think that hey maybe I don't want. Client engagement for the rest of my life. <laughs> maybe yeah. you may, may maybe you should look for something else. Whenever you're a consultant or become a project lead. Yeah. I I guess the compensation for yeah is also pretty good for that, right? Even if you don't, you're not super client facing or yeah. um super like like good at sales, you can still make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. That's that really uh that's really really interesting. That clarifies a lot of the、uh, <laughs> problem that I had, you know, about consultants. How do yeah, I was like wonder how do partners become partners, right? They become because well, I guess you just clarified that、uh, sales scale is like really key points um to kind of develop in a consultant's career into like a partnership track, I guess. Um, great. Uh, anybody else has any question? You know, the audience can just always raise their hands. Oh, sure. We just. Am I Chi? Hi. Um. Um. I have a question. So, so I I heard you mention that you know the lifestyle of a consultant could be really really different from somebody who works, say, from like a traditional form or firm or in industry, right? So, like, based on your personal experience and I guess all your colleagues' experience, what's your favorite part and um um and and the least favorite part of Okay, that's a fair question. Um, I think, <laughs> I think my least favorite part is uh, you need to travel all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong there. I love traveling, outside of work, right? But whenever you are tra- you are traveling to the client side, most likely it means that. Like you are working over twelve hours a a day, ten to twelve hours plus, right? Every day, and you are interacting with your clients, which is sort of exhausting after you work for that for like say half a year. Um, that's one thing I would prefer to have less if possible. 
um, the things that I really love about the lifestyle of a consultant is like you 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 really get to know a lot of people from a lot of different industries and that sort of gives you an overall expo exposure of what different industries look like and what you can do like what's what you really want to be, be, become right um maybe in three to five years that's that that help that helps you a lot Okay, well, that's uh, okay. That 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 that's fun to to know. Um, I have another question though. I know like in the consulting industry, the attrition rate is usually um pretty high, right? I mean, like people <laughs> typically don't stay for very long. So, um, based on what you have seen, like, what are some reasons that they would say leave uh rather quickly? Um, and and, and do you find that to be like an obstacle in That's a really interesting question. That's a really interesting question there because now if I think back, all of the interviewers who interviewed me has left the company, right? Uh, but um, I think, I think that's not really a bad thing, or that's not necessarily a bad thing. In that, like building relationships, building relationships with those type of people. Will help will help you to expand your personal network after they leave after they leave the company, right? So, and the other thing is like even if there are new even if there are new joiners who does not have a lot of experiences, right? Who are much junior than you, I think you can still learn a lot from them because they're really smart. They're really good as well, right? Otherwise, they won't be in the company. So. I don't mind about that part, but it is true that people leave consulting a lot, uh, and I don't think there is a uniform reason for that. I think there can be multiple things like they want to have more like a family life instead of uh, traveling all the time, or some sometimes they just found they just found their pack they they just found their passion thing. After they worked for a technology client, they found their passion for technology, right? And then they just become a someone working for a technology company. That's totally possible, and that's quite common, right? So, and someone else maybe they just want to take some years off, and they just want to build something on their own. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. And I I noticed some new audience joining, so please feel free to raise your hand and ask any questions and get connected with Tianshu. So right now is the FAQ time. Yeah. That's for sure. I actually have a pre pre. pre okay, I see Yaming raise his hand, so I will actually allow him to join. Thank you for letting letting me join this. Um. The fact is, I am currently interviewing the firm that Tianshu is in, and I'm um, okay. very excited to get <laughs> here. Yeah. Yes, so very excited and honored to speak with you here. And I really had a question 
Sure. I just talked to the interviewer. Which today. round are you in? Which round? Um, I have passed the um, technical questions and I have one final round waiting for me. And, okay. Um, I, I just heard that you are, you, you are mentioning the, that the, the phenomena that a lot of data science or data analytics consultants leave this industry. <laughs> and um, for now, I'm interviewing for the role of data analyst, kind of an analyst position, which according to what I was told today, I won't have that much of a um, traveling requirements. I don't need to involve in so many client-facing engagement, which means I will have a relatively good work-life balance. And I am curious also about the salary. In fact, I have searched for the salary differences between the um, client-facing consultants and also these relatively back-end data analysts. And I am kind of curious if this kind of salary difference is determined by the fact that there, there is a difference on the client facing proportion of their job. I see your question. Yeah, yeah. So yes. let me answer that. So like, yes, BCG Gamma does have a front, uh, like client facing roles as well as backend roles. And oftentimes they do similar type of things, almost exactly type of things, but like the work hour expectation is totally di different there, right? So. Um, okay. Let's say if you're a, a client facing role, then you are probably looking at 60 hours or plus per week, right? Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, plus traveling. So there are a lot of people okay. transferring be between the two roles, uh, okay. depending on their stage, right? That's yeah. why we have d different roles available. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, so so uh, honest, honestly speaking, the difference in terms of the hourly pay might not be of that uh, varied. The, the difference might not be very huge in terms of hourly pay, right? Right. I think the uh, I think the hourly pay is not much difference. It's like which 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 team are you involved with? Whether you are more like a revenue generator versus whether you are someone who's in a cost center, right? So, um, but again, I'm not too worried about that. Um, I mean, if you're in the company, you always have the option to switch teams if you feel like okay. Uh, okay. you want to work on something else, yeah. Okay, I'm glad to learn that. And that definitely solved my question. Thanks for the answer, Tianshu. No problem. Cool, cool. Thank you, Yamin. Thank you, Tianshu. And I also see Jinghai also raise his hand so I'll allow you to speak up. So hello Jinghai. Uh hello everyone. So my name is Jinghai. So I'm still currently a student. And so um, previously I also worked for tech industry. I'm currently working for a consulting industry. So there's I'm choose so I'm confirmed that I wanted to be a data scientist like in the future, but I'm still, you know, breaking out like which industry like tech or consulting might be better for me. And one thing that I've noticed 
about consulting, especially doing data science in, in consulting, is that um, a lot of energies are actually spent on the, you know, the forward and backwards communication with the client, and oftentimes, like, the stuff you do, like the design stuff you do, are limited by what the client has to offer. While compared in tech industries, like a lot of, you know, tools, people are just paid there for you to, like, you know, uh, like just explore your potential, like doing all those pure data science stuff. I'm just wondering, like, how my intention uh, think of this. Am I, like, I, am I thinking in the correct path? Hmm. That's a really interesting question. It's a little bit hard for me to answer it completely, but what I can say is in terms of your understanding of the consulting, right? Uh, if you do the data science for consulting, I would say it's really dependent on the type of um, client or type of project that you're working on. Sometimes, let's say if the client has all the information available and uh, of what you need to do is to build some uh, high-tech algorithm to help them sort things out. I would say a lot of the majority of, of, of your time will be spent on, you know, building the prototype, building the model, right? Um, and it's not really back and forth communications. I, I, I mean, the, I think in fact, the best pra- I think the best practice for any project would be like, we want to tr- have minimized number of frictions in terms of communication so that's something that we want to avoid but of course there are some situations in which we do need to go back go back and forth there to your point um and re and regarding the tech jobs i haven't worked in that field my myself but what i heard is it's really dependent on which team you're on as well and uh, whether your team manager is good in terms of managing the scopes, right? Sometimes you do need to go back and forth as well. So there, so there is no standardized um, answer to that, I would say. Okay, I see, I see. Thank you. Cool, cool. Thank you for Jinghua's questions and Tianxiu's perfect answer. And I also noticed some new audience coming in and right now it's Q&A sections for Tianxiu. So just feel free to Raise your hand, connect with Tianshu, and uh, yeah, fire away your questions. Yeah, if I can actually uh, follow up uh, with Junghai's question, it seems like yeah, because we work in the uh, tech industry, right? Um, just like Tianshu was saying that there's always a revenue generation center and call center. There's always like more client-facing functions and also uh, backend teams. Um, yeah, um, I really see how like tech is just everybody's building product uh, directly and then ship directly to the clients. Uh, there's always always like backend ETL, you know, backend data engineering, backend IT infrastructure, uh, that needs a lot of people, right? So um, I think in terms of like, um, I guess consulting industry, my question is, um, Kendra, would you say that you guys actually spend more time uh, procuring external tools or you guys actually just build everything internal? Because um, I understand, like, if you work at Facebook or Amazon, like, they always just build everything internally. Right? They don't actually purchase any kind of third-party tool. Yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, so, again, it's really dependent on which 
uh, which uh, industry the client has seen. I mean, if the client has seen a traditional industry, but they're really ambitious about doing some of the digital transformation themselves, and they're creating a new team, most likely, right? So um, in that case, we will talk with them to see if they have the capability of maintaining some in-house build tools themselves. And if that's the case, then we will help them build something, right? But um, there, there are some additional situations in which uh, the client says that, hey, we just need something working. Like, we don't care if it's something third-party tools or if it's something built by you, but we should be able to use the tool after you, you guys are gone, right? And if that is yeah. the case, <laughs> sometimes we do recommend you some of the third-party tools because we are worried that they are not able to handle those uh, internal tools themselves. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess consultant teams aren't all that different from other, other businesses, right? <laughs> I guess we, we, I guess sometimes we just have like too many stereotypes uh, uh, about the consulting industry. I guess businesses are businesses, right? Uh, we we pretty much do the same thing. Um, if uh, if the clients want something built more on a custom you know basis, then what is it built on? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like consulting team. Yeah. And if they don't want some, something in existence, and we have to have it, yeah, we'll, we'll just let them have it. Um, yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. Cool, cool. Yeah, thank you for Vincent's answer and Tianshu's perfect questions. And I also noticed that there are some new audience coming in. So uh, right now it's Q&A section, so feel free to raise your hand and connect with Tianshu and you can ask him any questions. So are there any more questions? Anything else? audience today i remember last time we had a bunch of questions coming from like all over the world from canada <laughs> of all yeah, places maybe yeah. okay cool cool uh and yeah so thank you all guys uh especially Tianshu vincent for helping me hosting this podcast today and please for all the audience please feel free to connect with me follow my clubhouse and follow data whispers on uh, this club uh, to get more information about the podcast and the data and you can also follow our echo linking and twitter to get connected with Tianshu we will post the following podcast um, overview and also Tianshu's linking um, on our platform so basically yeah uh, yeah thank you again for Tianshu for coming today uh, it's so um, yeah insightful podcast I learned yeah thank you Tianshu well that was, that was, we should do this again <laughs> you're definitely uh, you're really it's good at answering questions. Yeah, you're really yeah, you're really great at uh, and like some of the some of the things I've never heard of. It. So I, I felt like I learned a lot. Sounds good. It's cool, a cool, pleasure. cool. Yeah, have a great night and a great weekend. Okay. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Bye.